Live brunch. We are live. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. Live brunch. Live brunch. Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. My name is Johan Philip, and I'm joined with Joel. I'm joined by Joel Virgo and Stephen Dawson. We are in the middle of our giving campaign, and we've looked at generosity uh, and giving. And we've got a few questions to to dig a bit deeper into what uh, Joel shared about uh, looking at faith, looking at seeing God, but also really trying to unpack a little bit more about the churches that we are raising money for and the the partnerships that we have with some of these churches. But before we kick into those questions, hey, we're in the middle of our, or we've, we've started our small groups. Um, so it's not too late to sign up to a small group. We are manual.com forward slash small group. As lockdown restrictions lift tomorrow, increasingly we can meet people and hug people, which I know you both are looking forward to. Uh, so on this, on this episode of Live Brunch, we will not be hugging. But who knows, maybe next week. Next, next week we will start off by hugging one another. <laughs> There's definitely a difference in terms of the, the level of how much hugging different people around this, <laughs> this uh, group want to do. Okay, on a scale of one to super hugger, where would you be? I'm like 11. 11? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Out of 100? Uh, out of 10, yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, no, yes, I'm looking forward to hugging some people. Joel? Yeah, I'm, I'm up there, but not, not as high as 11 out of 10. Yeah. I would be much more into hugging than people think I am. <laughs> oh. I, think my, I think probably I would surprise people how much I'm... I, I think it's important. <laughs> I think that's an invitation to hug Joel next time. If, if, if you see Joel this <laughs> week, said, please greet him. him with a massive <laughs> hug. Embrace him. Hold on to him my, for my, longer than it is. I prefer, <laughs> I prefer money, but, but uh, <laughs> you know, that's my love language, really. But, money over hugging. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this went rogue. So pretty quick. Before you, why, why don't you kickstart your small group discussion with, with that question on a scale of one to super hugger? <laughs> where would you position yourself? But also, we've got three questions for you. The first one, Joel discussed the nature of faith. What does the word mean to you and how would you define it? The second question, Abraham, Abraham had to see with eyes of faith. What are you trusting God for even though you can't see it yet in your circumstances? And the third question, what are the challenges to trusting God right now? How can we pray for and support one another? So those are three questions for your small group. We'll not only do some questions that we've got pasted on the preach. Uh, Joel, you spoke about Abram's freedom. How do you cultivate and experience this freedom for yourself? And, and then part two of the question, how do you cultivate this, this freedom for the people that you're in relationship with? So it could be your spouse, it could be your children, friends, people around you. Yeah, I think that the key to that is in the, in the story where uh, he gets those, those words. Is it in verse 13? I'll, I'll go straight there because I've got my Bible in my hand. Might as well use it. Verse 14, the Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and, and look uh, from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward. <clears throat> Just that, that instruction to look, lift, lift up your eyes and look. Um, we, we're not in charge of what's out there to see, but we are in charge of where we put our eyes, what we, what we look at. And I suppose that that's, that's enough to go on, really. It's, it's all about what we, we're beholding, what we're seeing, what we're focusing our attention on. We, we can choose that. And it will, it will make a, all the difference in terms of how much enjoyment of God and his promises that we're likely to, to come into. And it's, it's, I suppose, necessary to 
think of it as a, a bit of a discipline that we deliberately think, right, I know, I know what sights, you know, what focus of my attention will, will help me to catch a glimpse again. If, I, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm wanting to see something of the goodness of God, where am I going to see it most of all? I, it, will, it will have a lot to do with spending time remembering, looking at the promises of this book, looking again at, at the, the, good, the good news of Jesus that comes through in this book. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, catching again the, 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 the goodness of God through the promises of Scripture. And, um, and really, I think, using our minds to, to act on that. So, you know, the Bible says, uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you sing to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's like using, using our time, using our attention, thanking God in our own time, using opportunities to talk to him about it, trying to get through the day with, as, with engagement with him will help us to be more aware of him than we are of those circumstances that would rob us of our joy. And I, I think this is a bit of a discipline. I, I don't think I've... I think there's people around me that I've known who do this way better than I do, and I notice the impact in their lives. I notice <laughs> their steadiness, their, their generosity... I notice their freedom, and it, it, it comes from, I think, from a lifetime of, of looking, lifting up their eyes and looking at, at the right things. Mm. Um, what do you do, Stephen, to cultivate this? Well, can I, grab the, can I grab the second question? How do we help others with it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Is that right? Because I think, I, think, I think that's, that's really helpful, I think, some things that Joel was saying there. I was just thinking about... Um, Sometimes I have an anxiety about making those, particularly who I love the most, so with yeah. my households, uh, wanting to uh, be the same. So I think it's cultivating ourselves, but also helping others. And uh, you can put in laws and kind of, you can, well, what my friend Tim Eary, uh, at site, head up, Tim, uh, talks about, you know, that sense of just pushing and drawing. And just, there's, there's difference in terms of like trying to push that upon people. Like, I want you to live in that free place. And so I must make sure you do these things. And we can end up kind of putting laws around those things, which aren't actually that helpful, I think there's a sense of just living in that freedom yourself, yeah. uh, which is infectious. I think, you know, when you know people who are like that, you, you very quickly realise they've got the fragrance of Jesus around them. Uh, they're very happy in their own skin, much more secure, that kind of thing. I think, actually, I just want to be that kind of person. Uh, those who, people who live with me, people who live under your own roof, are up close and personal. You know, they know if you're really living out the truth of the gospel, living in the freedom of it. Uh, but that's, that's very powerful when people do and they notice that. Uh, but then just praying for others and then drawing them into things. And so often, talking to my wife, talking to my kids about what I'm seeing in the scriptures, what I'm seeing of God, involving them in my own prayer life, those kinds of things, which just help draw other people into those uh, conversations. We often, even just talking about a Sunday, you know, what, what has God spoken to you about? Those kinds of things uh, are really helpful. Brilliant. Um, should a Christian be someone who is 100% convinced about Jesus? And is there room for doubt? I think it's worth pointing out that Lot, as far as we know from the whole testimony of the Bible, Lot himself is a believer. Um, so 2 Peter chapter 2 in the New Testament calls him Lot the righteous one, or, or something, you know, different translations will say it differently. But basically, you know, a believer, someone who's righteous by God's grace. And yet in this story, he's the guy that doesn't see it. He, he's making a decision based on very limited faith. And uh, that's got to help us to understand, at least, that there are degrees of um, confidence that we can have in, in the goodness of God and his promises, even as believers. Mm. Uh, so that, that's, that's important, because, uh, but for all kinds of reasons. People that are struggling with doubt, can, can, it can 
push them further into despair when they think, well, I'm not, I can't be a Christian then. Abraham never had this kind of problem. Well, we know from last week that actually Abraham did have this problem. Um, so f- faith in reality is something that we still exercise out of a place of some weakness. Mm. We're not yet what the Bible calls, you know, we haven't received our full adoption, as Romans chapter 8 calls it. There's a, there's a day coming when all believers will, will, faith will be turned to sight in that fullest sense. You know, we'll, we'll, we see spiritually, we'll see in every fullest sense that our, our sight will not be dim. And Paul says to the Corinthians, you know, at the moment we see as in a glass, which in their cultural context doesn't, is not glass. <laughs> Mirrors were not good in the ancient world. They were rubbish. And so you know, what we see in this present age, it's, it's, it's enough, but we long for more clarity. Mm. And that's, that's the nature of living in this present age before the final chance to see him fully. When we see him, we'll be like him completely. And all our doubts and worries will become history. Uh, so I think I live with that tension a little bit. Not beat ourselves up about it, but also not, not um, be lazy about it. Pursue, keep lifting up your eyes. Look for more. Look for more revelation. I guess we going back into that, we're not there yet. We're in the in-between phase. Often when you step out in faith, whether it's financially or whether it's uprooting your family and moving to a different city or just making those big decisions, you, you kind of trust and believe that it, it will all work out for good. There's a verse in Romans that says it works yeah. out for the good. Yeah. Uh, of those who have been called according to your name. But, but what if you're, when you're in that season where you've, you've given your last amount of money yeah. or your savings to the gift day and it's not played out, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, I, I can't go on this holiday or I, I can't buy this new car or I can't even have a nice meal because I've stepped out in faith. What, how would you encourage people who are, who are in that place where it's not worked out for them as yet? I'd love to hear what Stephen would say, but let me start us <laughs> off. I, I, I'll give him a chance to think of that. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, I think the first thing that comes to mind is that, again, that is not um, unusual. The Bible doesn't hide that reality. It's all over the place. So Abram himself, just keep remembering, his journey of faith is long and bumpy. So the promise of, of offspring is like years and years and years before the fulfilment. And he just has to keep, keep trusting and suffering, actually, going through real disappointments and, frustra- and, and failings in his own life. Um, and, and it's, it's going to be like that. And the times where we, you know, one of my favourite books in the Bible is Jeremiah. And there's the, there's the, uh, uh, the story of when he, um, he purchases land um, in, in Jerusalem at the time when the Babylonian is under siege. I mean, it's just hilarious. It's like, <laughs> it's just the stupidest decision that anyone's ever made financially. But he, God tells him, buy this land. It's like, what? It's like a sign. It's like, I will restore this land to you if you buy it. And, and it's just like, it's such a crazy decision. And, when, and you think after he's done it, it's going to be that moment where the Babylonians go. <laughs> and and it suddenly it rockets in price and he's like, yeah, everything's going well. But we know... A, A, that doesn't happen for 70 years anyway. And so Jeremiah doesn't see it in his lifetime. And B, the next, chap- <coughs> next thing that happens in the book of Jeremiah is, is Jeremiah going, oh, Lord God. <laughs> and it's like the word ah in, in Hebrew is not just, he's not singing. He's like, ah, oh, it's like despair. It's like kind of, what have I done? So it just shows that the, the, the mightiest men and women of faith in scripture are just like us. They, they hit those points of thinking, this is crazy. Mm. And, and, and learning to say, God, I trust you for the fulfillment and learning to live in the in-between mm. is, is important. And a lot of that is knowing he, he's my portion. 
So when I've trusted him and put him first, mm. I've got to remember he is enough for me. Mm. And it means we'll get to know him in a richer way than we might if we had all the kind of glamour and the trinkets mm. um, that we gave up on to pursue him. Yeah, I think, um, uh, I would say we often quote the uh, verse when he's committed to our good. Mm. And I think just sometimes unpacking what he means by good. I think often we unpack that, I mean comfort. Oh, I, this is what I think my definition of good. But we know that many good things in life are not actually comfortable. The best things of us are not, often not that comfortable. You know, just the simple things like eating well and, you know, uh, doing exercise. Sometimes they're not the greatest pleasure at the time, uh, but they are much more beneficial for you than yeah. sitting on your sofa and having yet another takeaway. Uh, oh. Bot chicken, oh. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but, but, but that's the truth of it. And just actually, to try, to, part of us entrusting ourselves to God is trusting that he knows what is best. And uh, we see often, again, time time in scripture, that uh, God's timeline of people's goodness is, is much longer than ours. Yeah. You know, people think, oh, I've waited ages. It's like, well, yeah, Moses waited two lots of 40 years, essentially. So, you know, you've not waited that long yet. You know, sometimes our, our, our kind of sense of what's good and what, what our time scale of when God's goodness should kick in yeah. uh, are, just, are often just so far off. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just learning to say, no, God, I do trust you, you yeah. are committed to, to my good. And, uh, but it's not, not always how, how we think. Yes. I think the thing that's helped me is, is so I don't know how, where I've picked this up, but the, the knowledge of what God has done for us and protected us from, which we haven't seen yet, but which we'll find out when we get yes. to heaven is extraordinary. Like yes. yeah. you don't know what this good thing that you might have received, right. the damage it could have caused, yes. how it could have destroyed you in, yeah. the, in a significant way. Yes. Uh, but you, you think, oh, not, I've not got it. I didn't get the house with the swimming pool, but you know, what if one of your kids would have drowned in that swimming pool? You, you just don't know that God's protected you. I saw you this, this cartoon years ago, which make, you, what you're just saying makes me think of this, um, there's this, this uh, it's Noah's Ark, and it's just like this wooden vessel on the sea, and then this ocean liner comes up alongside it, and the, the captain shouts out with a megaphone, that, that, that thing doesn't look seaworthy, come onto this boat, you'll be a lot safer. So they take all, all Noah's Ark, next frame is the, all the family and all the animals going across, uh, across to, to this ocean liner and it sails away and as it sails away in the last frame you just see the word Titanic written <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's exactly it isn't yeah, it yeah. I think we, we oh I missed my opportunity for this wonderful thing but yeah. we have no idea what, where that was headed absolutely I'm just saying another thing yeah, that so I think also just we've got an eternal, eternal perspective on this mm. I know the money that I've just literally given into the gift day you know it, God has often given that back to me in spadefuls in this time yeah. lifetime yeah. but actually even if he doesn't I know far better to have sent that ahead of myself yeah. into the riches of heaven. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's, that's way better for me yeah. than uh, me having a few extra trinkets yeah. uh, this side of eternity. And so just, just like getting heaven's perspectives in yeah. those things. You do love your trinkets, don't you? I, I do like you, <laughs> um, I, I guess this, this question comes to me quite sometimes, especially on gift day. If God was real and really loved this church, wouldn't he always just miraculously provide for it? Why does he need us to get involved at all? I suppose it's um, uh, the question could come from a, a slightly wrong-headed idea of, of um, provision and practical needs and money in general. Um, I, I, I think often it's easy for us to imagine there's something slightly kind of less holy or less spiritual about money, about, uh, about even the way that pastors and churches are understandably just a little uncomfortable raising the subject from time to time and we can suffer from a sort of silence on it. Because oh, it's just not holy. It's not God. God can, and maybe our you know, I've got heroes like George Muller and Hudson Taylor who who tended not to do a lot of fundraising, 
and they raise money they, just by praying. We just pray the money in. And, and sometimes people say, uh, that's what you should do. Just pray the money in. Stop asking for money. But I think that's, that's, a, uh, that's, a, lovely th- that's a lovely story because it demonstrates faith. It's actually not biblical because you can see very clearly in Scripture appeals are made for money at certain points in the story mm-hmm. and, in, and under God's instruction mm-hmm. are made for money. Uh, so God is not opposed to actually appealing to the people of God to give and to say, we, we are part of this mission. We, we want to suffer with you. We want to stand with you. We want to give in the spirit of our giving God. We are on this mission. It's our privilege to take part in it with you. And to actually go to people and give them an opportunity to be more strong disciples, more free from the love of money, more enjoying what it means to really trust God, mm. is a huge privilege. The reason we call people to give to things like planting churches in these cities is ultimately not because these churches are desperately in need, but because it's good for us as believers Absolutely. to own the mission. Absolutely. It's true. God could give them everything they need tomorrow. Everything could be sorted out. He could send manna and quail and everything will be sorted out in, a, in an instant. Uh, God has designed it not that way because it's more appropriate for us to actually be involved in our, with our giving. It's, it's good for us. So when we call people to give on a Sunday, which we do every Sunday at Emmanuel, we, do, we say this is part of our worship. Mm. This is for us. It's for us to grow, get stronger, healthier in faith. Mm. It's not because there's some great need out there and, and you heroic Christians, isn't it? If only you could give us a little bit of your money. And then we... No, wrong, wrong emphasis. No, the emphasis is on you need this. You need Brilliant. to learn to give because Brilliant. your soul needs to be saved from the love of money. Superb. Anything you want to add, Stephen? Lots of things. <laughs> We've got a few minutes, so last segue into um, the whole ch- church planting and the churches that we are partnering. Firstly, why have we chosen Belfast, Bath and Krakow, hmm. BB and a K? We should have just done Brighton, Belfast, Burger Bath. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so why these three cities? I'll say something quickly about, about, about them. I, I think in, in every case, we've tried, to, uh, we've, we've tried to do a mixture of targeting cities that fit into, a, I guess, a certain category. They kind of tend to be centres of, of culture, um, often university cities or places where there's, there's media or there's, there's, there's places where you know that the, 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 the impact of the gospel would be more than just on that city because it, it will reach further as a result because of what the nature of the city. And that's true of these places that we're talking about here. They are key cities in that sense. Um, uh, but we've also gone with the, the, the leading of the individual people that have come through. So people like Malcolm just in his heart beginning to pray and feel faith for a certain context. And we, we didn't say, you know, don't go there, go there instead. We might have done, but we, we were happy with the way that God seemed to be leading him as well, him and Megan. And it's, it's like, so it's a mixture. It's a mixture of our kind of strategy and people's particular faith and us trying to listen carefully and mm-hmm. sense what God's doing through it all. And in the case of... Um, uh, for example, with Bath, it's like it's, a, it's actually the smallest, one of the smallest cities that we're going into, but it's, a, it's pumping with opportunity in terms of cultural influence. Mm-hmm. And it's really wonderful that actually Malcolm Megan, who are from this church, some of you remember them, uh, actually grew up in this church, led the youth yeah. work. Megan was a student there. Yeah, Megan came here to university and they got married here. Malcolm uh, became the, the youth leader the, uh, for years, did brilliantly, and then went off to, to serve in Johannesburg and then came back. And so there's history with us and mm. we have a great friendship relationship with them. And actually, um, what's been nice is that they've connected with a group of people in Bath um, who 
uh, we're actually kind of looking for leadership, kind of ready to start going again. And so it's a bit like a, a fresh opportunity to replant something mm -hmm. uh, with a crew of people who are ready to, ready to go, which is a, a lovely new development. About, I guess about 30 adults or something like that, which is very exciting. Yeah. So other than giving to these, these three church plants, and you mentioned that we partner with churches in, in Ottawa and Amsterdam and, and Berlin and, um, and two churches in London, what does that relationship look like? Is it just we give them money or we send people to plant or is there something more ongoing with these churches? I think it, we're finding out partly as we go, it, partnership, family, connection that's as meaningful as possible is, is something you kind of grow in. Yeah. Um, but we also look, we, we notice that in the New Testament, churches work together um, through particular kinds of spiritual gifts that God kind of brings to the surface in their teamwork. And so people who, who uh, um, uh, they're not just sort of getting the same newsletter and uh, being urged to sort of cough up a bit of finance and sort of, you know, we, we just sort of networked on the same website and so on. We're looking for real family, real genuine sense of brotherly care for one another, reaching out when the other one's in need, looking to support one another as churches as we grow and grow together and working together to plant other churches. So Paul speaks to churches about his call to go to other cities and he says, I want to go to this place. I need you to give me this, this leader to come with me. I'm looking for your support. I'm looking for finance and help so we can together reach out to these other people on the same mission. So churches work together for the sake of ongoing cities that we'll keep reaching. And, and seeing gifts come through, that, that spiritual gifts. Leaders, I think what will happen is leaders will emerge in cities like these ones. And it will be like, we couldn't have done, Brighton could not have reached this other place mm. or even reached Brighton. Mm. We will not do the mission that God's called us to in this city without the, the blessing that God raises up through these other cities because there's this wonderful sense of body amongst a, a, a higher, you know, a group of people that are from multiple locations that, yeah. that are really connected as a team. We have, we have time for one last question before we bring this to an end. So somebody's watched, uh, the, has in, engaged in this whole service, they've heard the preaching, they watched the videos, uh, and maybe they've even given, but now they're feeling a bit more inspired or a bit more of a connection or, or something. Great. Well, one of our core values is stay inspired. Mm. And uh, we want to help people find who they're meant to be in God and then live it out. I think it's a real privilege to be able to you know, give our money. We want to join in what God's doing. Uh, but often it looks like us also going. And so I think it's worthwhile everyone asking God, where is it I, I'm meant to be? Where am I meant to be on mission for you? And for many people, that means staying right where you are, in your street, in your job, in the city you find yourself in. But for lots of people, they'll be thinking, okay, where's my next step? And uh, as elders, as pastors, as societies, we love to sit down and talk to people about that. What does that look like for your life? And let's pray into that. And let's send you, if it's sending you, if it's staying, let's plant you well here as well. And so go and have a conversation. That's probably the key yeah. Conversation with your site leader? Site leader, yeah. Brilliant. So if, if you felt inspired by this, Speak to your site leader and Stephen will send you off with lesson. <laughs> Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for being with us uh, on this show. Thanks so much for joining us. Next week, we've got Glenn Scrivener carrying on our reboot series. The giving campaign runs all through May, so uh, please feel free to spend more time praying and considering. Maybe God will ask you to go again uh, and give some more money towards the uh, giving campaign, which we love to you. And if you, if you have a story, uh, if, you, if you've given and God's blessed you back, please let us know. Mm. We'll, we celebrate these stories. We get really excited when we hear these stories. But have a lovely week ahead, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>